good to be back in the lounge, the Locked On Hornets Lounge, to hear the music. This is a safe place. If you're new to the show, sometimes we start the show with this music and we go into the lounge. This is sort of our pre-show, our green room, our chance to kind of settle in before we get serious about basketball. I have an important announcement to make, David. I can't wait. I have water. Water has been restored. H2O is back in the building. This is fantastic news. I'm so happy for you. I know how much you love the water, and it's just great that you have it back in your life. Well, I got a little taste of the apocalypse. Just a little, just a little one. I got one of the services that we take for granted taken away from me for over a week. And it was just a small taste of the apocalypse. I recommend everyone just get a little taste of the apocalypse. Go and just turn your water off for a week. And How many times? Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I just I just think people should do this because it will it will give you an understanding of how quickly you will be eliminated after the revolution. Right. I, I was so weak from not having water. It, it disrupted yes. my life in a fundamental way, and I realized I will be the first to go in the revolution. That's fine. That's 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 uh, you want to be the first ones to go. How many times did you? <laughs> Go to like All the right. sink, or how many times did you forget that you did not? Oh, I have flush water? the toilet every time. Okay, well that's and it's just okay. it was a great Probably reminder that you didn't have water. What happens when you don't have water and you flush the toilet? Nothing. Okay. Zero. Nothing happens. <sighs> anyway, it's back. Hey, uh, I have this on my mind before we start the show. How did Kyle McLaughlin not win a Golden Globe for his? work on Twin Peaks. I was wondering when we might discuss the award season. We, I love the Globes. Um, I know your feelings on award shows. We don't need to dive into that right now, but I'll tell you what, Doug. Um, the Globes love movie stars, and I think that even though Kyle McLaughlin certainly deserves some awards, the uh, my man uh, Ewan McGregor. Fargo, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Ewan. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Ewan. Is, is Ewan. <laughs> Ewan. Ewan. Ewan me. FIBA. Five. Probably more of a, of, a, of a household movie star name at this point, even though everyone's kind of dipping down into TV right now. You're missing um, the point. You're missing the point entirely. I'm telling you why it happened. No, I, no listen. Ewan McGregor played two roles... He played a set of twins on Fargo. Mm-hmm. He, he did fine. It was a fine role. He did it was fine. Good. But Kyle McLaughlin played four people on Twin Peaks. And and let me three. just tell you what something. Here's some here's some sabermetrics. Here's some advanced analytics. Four is greater than two. Kyle McLaughlin should have won the Golden Globe. <laughs> you still got the Emmys, man. Take that for data. All right, let's start the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I do hate award shows, but I also hate when the actor that I loved does not win an award at the award show. Did you watch Fargo? I watched part of it. I still haven't. Uh, I, I can't will myself to continue. This is not helping. Now I'm just going to be bitter about the whole thing. 
Well, I'll say this for you and McGregor. Um, every time I watch him, I start out saying, I don't know if I'm really feeling this role, but by the end of his performance, I'm always on his side. So I think that says something for him. He's one of those guys, right? I'm not always excited to see him, but by the time he's done with his work, I'm usually a fan of it. So it was good. Man. I feel that and way about it, Jeremy Lamb often. Okay. Okay. I'm just yeah, trying to sure. bring it I'm trying to bring it back to basketball because this <laughs> this is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the Charlotte Hornets for Fan Rag Sports, and I'm joined by my good friend, my co-host. He covers uh, he's been covering the team since they were the Bobcats for at the From the mean streets of Cotswold. David Walker. All of that is true. This is a safe place. Basketball only talk this morning, guys. Okay, safe place. Well, don't guarantee. Don't make promises that I can't <laughs> keep. Uh, but we do have a we do have a, a nice show planned because the Hornets were back at practice for the first time in a while, so we've got some good quotes. We can talk. I don't know what you want to talk about first, David. We can kind of plan this show as we go along because we can talk about practice. I've got that ready to go. I've got a pretty serious rant about the NBA, something that happened last night that caught my eye and caught my ire that mm. I'd like to talk about. happened in Brooklyn. Don't know if you saw this with Kyle Lowry getting yeah. injured in Brooklyn. I got some yeah. words to say about that. Plus, it's uh, it's the official start of NBA trade rumor season, and and the official start, as you know, is whenever Woj like writes his buyers and sellers column. To me, that's like right. the official start of the season. Now we can Now we can really start to speculate wildly about what the Hornets and other teams will do at the NBA trade deadline, which is sometime in February. I'm probably, sure. I should have that date. David, if you want to look that up, that'd be great. We probably should tell people yeah, like, when the actual date is. But if we should. what I'm saying is we should, we should some actually <laughs> have some facts along with our wild speculation. Enough with your factoids. Let's get back to ball. Okay. Uh, so we can, which one do you want to do first? Should I rant or should we talk about practice? We'll do the rumors like got, last. I feel, I feel like you got this rant teed up, man. Let it fly. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. This is a little all-NBA talk here. Kyle Lowry taking a nasty fall in Brooklyn near the end of an overtime game between the Nets and the Raptors. Look this up. Worldwide Wob tweeted it out. Falls right on the bottom of his spine, David. The coccyx, which I did look up how to say coccyx. Wanted to make sure you don't want to mispronounce that word. He laid on the floor for quite a while in in what can only be described as incredible pain. First of all, if you've ever taken a fall like that, which I have, yeah. I've fallen on my yeah. coccyx, it is extremely painful. Like, I can't, it's, it's light. I mean, I've never been shot, David, but I feel like that is a pretty close approximation to being shot. The pain that gets sent up your body when you land on your coccyx, and he he like went three feet into the air and then landed on it. It was hard yeah, to watch. He did. I, I've seen, the weird thing is I, not that that wasn't a, a hard one, but maybe I've seen more violent falls. Like I've seen ones like that before, and it looked like at first that he was going to be able to just not pop right back up, but you know, kind of walk it off. But I'll let you finish your rant because I don't want to no, no, no that Thank here. you. That's what I, I needed you to say because listen, I this is a bold statement that I'm about to make. But I would rather have, just in the moment, not long term, but in the moment, I would rather go through what Gordon Hayward went through 
than what Kyle Lowry went through. Whoa. Because, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me tell you, short term, not long term, just in the moment. I always live in the moment. I live in the present. I don't, I don't worry about the future. I don't worry about rehab. I don't worry about any of that. But in the moment, because Gordon Hayward immediately got that shot of adrenaline and got that shock in his body. So at, after, that, after that initial break, like he wasn't probably feeling very much, okay? But I guarantee you Kyle felt every moment, every excruciating moment of getting off the court. And that's where I want to go to next. So he's he's laying on the floor writhing in pain. He's he has a history of back injuries. I'm fully expecting a stretcher to come out. You don't mess around with the back, David. You don't mess around with the neck, the spine. I'm expecting some kind of stabilization. No. He gets up and try, he's allowed to get up by the trainers and tries to walk it off. Good for him. He's a tough guy, right? He, he falls back down to the floor, David, writhing in pain, okay? Bring the yeah. stretcher out. At that point, he falls back down, bring the stretcher out, get Paul Pierce's wheelchair. I'm sure they have it somewhere in the Barclay Center. Get that bad boy out. Come and get Kyle Lowry <laughs> off the floor. Bring something. No, they don't do that, David. He tries no, to it... walk it off again and then is carried yeah. out by two of his teammates. Valanchunas and Bebe have him by one leg each. It looked yeah. like an old-timey 1940s football reel. Oh, no, it looks like Johnny took a spill on the pitch. But not to worry, here comes two of his best pals to take him away on the beat wagon. Wee-hoo! Well, he's the ultimate teammate because I believe Serge Ibaka wanted to get in there and give him some, uh, give him a lift off the court, too. And he said, no, no, we need you back out here on the court. So he tapped another guy who they knew was not going to go into the game at all and asked him to take him off the floor. So I thought that was nice. But I think that it was just hard to recognize like they didn't know what was going on. You're probably right though. Maybe maybe uh, stabilize them a little. Of bit. Of course, I'm right. Like well, what? I mean, what are probably. the trainers doing? What are they paid to do? No one on that team had the authority to stop and say, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't haul our best player out after a back injury like he's Cleopatra, Queen of the Nile, one leg each. Baby's got one leg. Valanchunas has got one leg. No trainer at any point said." You know, maybe we should use actual medical equipment. Hey, it's 2018, the year of our Lord. Maybe we we take our best asset and make sure that we don't re-injure him in any way after it's right. clear he fell on his spine. I'm with you, man. You got to be safe. Safety first these days, guys. Now, <laughs> Dwayne Casey, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, said, they said, what is he getting? what is he getting looked at? And Dwayne Casey, do you see Dwayne Casey's response? Yeah, also not a doctor, but go ahead. <laughs> as you'll yeah, soon doctor. find a doctor. His butt. Right. <laughs> and uh, what did what did Kyle Lowry say when he was on the floor? He said he needed he needed his ass X-ray. <laughs> Man, that looked painful. It just looked more painful as it kept going too. You could Use tell there a was stretcher. Serious. Use a stretcher. What are you doing? Like, did they take him back and, like, try to put leeches on him to, to take away the pain? Like, what kind of medieval organization are they running in Toronto? Oh, I'm fired up. Okay. You are. I want to take Whoa. a second to tell you about uh, – actually, I want to take a, a quick pause, and then we'll come back. 
You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the f- Dude. He's just injured, man. It's, it's okay. okay. It's Look, just, you know, he's injuries just happen. With an injury. He didn't want <laughs> to get injured, okay, David? But, but uh, sorry, guys. I just had someone jump out in front of my vehicle. That's uh, that was unforeseen. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Almost had to take away those poor children. America's shining youth away on stretchers after David and his Mad Max machine. This is traipsing around Charlotte. This is going too far. New year, <laughs> new you, Doug. Let it, let it go. What kind of shot is that? Okay. I want right. to take a second to tell you about Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction And more importantly, they support this podcast. They do brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you're going to walk away with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to any construction company. You have to use the experts that we trust. Knight Residential Group. Call them at 704-733-9566. That number again, 704-733-9566. Or visit knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. It's important to note that I have water back because that means, David that we can continue with our live broadcast. We can go back to YouTube. We can go back on Twitter again and and get this show back on the air live because it's rants like that that make me miss the nest because I know the nest would have strong, the live audience would have strong opinions about that. For sure. But you can let us know what you think on Twitter at LockedOnHornets.com and we'll read it on the show tomorrow. I'm hoping to get things back live tomorrow. I don't want to, again, I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. I mean, I do. I love making promises, regardless of whether I can keep them. But I, I really hope that we can get the show back tomorrow. So pay attention to Twitter and YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you haven't subscribed already, when you subscribe there, it will tell you when we're going live. Woo! I need like a moment. I need a moment to like collect myself. Yeah, take a moment, man. I I, I I think that was a good rant. It was you were hot and you just let it fly. So uh and then you took a moment and now we're back. So I think that was the right way to do it. <laughs> All right, thank you. So so I think now we should talk about practice. We're okay. talking about practice. We will be perfect. Perfection. Perfection in every aspect of the game. What are we talking about? Practice, practice. The Hornets are back at home tomorrow night to take on the Dallas Mavericks. For the first time, and it feels like weeks, a little over a week, they had success on the road, but Coach Steven Silas yesterday at practice has one word on his mind, and that's consistency. We had a good trip, but we have to have some carryover from that trip, and uh, it starts with Dallas, so we're definitely confident, but... You know, we need to we need to show it by the way we play, not the way we talk. 
We talked yesterday about how this team is building confidence, but you heard Silas there. That's not enough. It's not enough to be confident. You also have to be able to consistently perform, you know, keep that energy alive to go along with the confidence that you now have in your shooting and your offense. David, what needs to stay consistent more than anything for this team to maintain the success that they had out West? Certainly the shooting would help. I mean, we went over the, we went over the percentages uh, yesterday on the show. Not a huge jump, to be honest, over the last four games, but the amount of shots they were getting was uh, ticked up a little bit. So I think they've got to continue to move the ball, continue to push the ball when they can, try and get those easy baskets that they have not been getting with consistency to start the season. And that's going to help their offense. And of course, their defense has got to stay locked in too. I mean, um, that's their calling card, and that's the way they're usually going to win games. But they just haven't shot the ball well enough, Doug. We've talked about it enough. They haven't shot the ball well enough to win games uh, from three or from you know elsewhere on the floor. So if they can bring that shooting and that confidence with them into this stretch here, they've got a chance to make a real push. But that's that's the big question because we just haven't seen it you know, over a sustained period of time. That's the next big question. Yeah, out West, they averaged uh, more assists. They averaged more steals. They averaged more three-point attempts. Those things are all going to have to maintain. They're going to have to continue to get out into transition, convert fast-break opportunities. MKG is going to be a big part of that, as well as Jeremy Lamb in that second unit. Uh, Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky will have to continue uh, to give them that, that 25 points per game combined that they've been able to do over the past five or six games. Those are some things to look for as they get ready to take on Dallas. But speaking of head coach Steven Silas, he's still the acting head coach. And despite taking over a Hornets team that lacked an identity and was on the verge of losing their season entirely, he's managed to stay calm and steer the ship away from the rocks. It's, it's more a testament to them than it is to me at all. So uh, they've been listening and, and uh, it's all the foundation that Cliff has set and I'm just trying to keep the boat afloat until he comes back. But uh, you know, the players are, we have a great group of guys who are smart and attentive and ask good questions and all that sort of stuff. So they've been great to me and um, I'm glad that they're playing well. So Steven Silas staying humble there, giving it up to his players. That's a savvy veteran coaching move. Uh, but yep. David, how would you rate what Steven Silas has been able to do for the Charlotte Hornets in this interim period as they as they await the return of their head coach, Steve Clifford? Wins help, right? I mean, that 3 one road trip was huge. It was key for the team and the season. And for Silas, you know, I think we've liked what he's done for this team as far as just keeping them together. Like he said, keeping the ship afloat. It hasn't gone up in flames. I mean, it hasn't always been pretty. And they did have some bad losses in there. But, hey, <clears throat> they had some bad losses with Cliff around, too. Uh, this team has some issues that they're still trying to, to get, you know, work the kinks out. Um, and he's continuing Cliff's philosophy whilst trying some new things. I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about a bunch of we've been back, Doug, is that bench unit has kind of settled in, and that's been mostly under his watch, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know he he's he works directly with players like uh, MKG. He's worked uh, directly with uh, Malik Monk and Jeremy Lamb as well. Uh, so he knows some of these players intimately, others less so because each of these uh, assistant coaches each gets their group of players. 
Uh, but we've seen improvements from MKG. We've seen improvements from Jeremy Lamb, and that's a testament to what Silas uh, was able to do as an associate head coach. And, and now that he's the acting head coach, I think he's done a, a couple of important things. First of all, th- this is a veteran group, right? I mean, this is an experienced group. So, you know, uh, I think the mistake would have been to come in here and to, to radically change things or to get into these players in, in, a, in a very personal way, you know, to, to try to, like, fire up the troops. Because, like, this group recognized that uh, what was going on was an anomaly. It wasn't reflective of their talent. It was a, re- a reflection of, uh, of, uh, of an energy problem, of a consistency problem. And, and he voiced those concerns, uh, again, without, you know, going into the – he stayed pretty away from airing out anything in the media, and he, held the, he helped to hold this group together. Uh, but this is a veteran group that, that tends to hold itself together, so it was a good job by, I think, general management to bring in players uh, that sort of would gel together, and, and it, was, it was nice to see Dwight Howard yeah. uh, doing that as well. And, yeah. and I think, look, I think Silas has done a good job making small adjustments uh, to, to try to find something that works. We've, we talked about Dwight Howard with the bench. He, he's uh, extended the rotations at times, shortened the rotations at other times, and, and it finally equated to wins out west, and they'll see if they can, they can hold it together now that they're back home. Uh, no official word yet from the team. But it seems all but a done deal that forward Trevion Graham will have his contract guaranteed through this year. He spoke uh, yesterday on the second unit, finally finding an identity and getting into a groove of their own out west. We know um, the second unit, um, we go to um, Franklin and Jeremy a lot. And this, you know, the last um, couple games have been really on that stuff. So, and it, for the other, other couple guys that's on the um, second group, we just got to really um, play off of them. And they're making it a lot easier when we went on the road. David, this confirms a lot of what we've been discussing here on this show about this second unit. They're running a lot of their offense through their sixth man of the year, Jarrah Frank Laminski. The combination of Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky has been effective for them. And as to quote Trevion, they've been on that stuff. And Trevion's been as solid as you could ask anyone to be, especially somebody looking for that um, guaranteed contract, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure, and you don't think about that all the time. Really playing for his job, you know, um, every night and be able to perform on a consistent level is huge. It's going to be interesting to see when they get back now, Doug, because a lot of times you could go on the road, right, and you block out all of the distractions, and you're just with the team. You're just playing basketball. They've built in a few more off days with this new schedule this year. But, you know, a, a four-game road trip allows you some of that time to get away and just focus in. Now they're coming back home. They've got a favorable schedule in front of them. You know, that's going to be the next big test for this team, the consistency for them moving forward. Are they able to carry that over, as Silas said? But, I mean, Graham and the whole bench unit, a big reason why they were able to uh, to go on that little run out west. So they're, they're always going to be key. I mean, that's – what I think we've seen so far, like the calling card is defense, not turning the ball over, defensive rebounding, but they got to have the bench uh, production. They've got to have the shooting, all this stuff. You know, they have so many pieces that need to fit together for them to be successful. 
And uh, Graham and the bench unit have definitely been a big part of it. And listen, they're a better team defensively when they're aggressive on the ball, when they can apply effective ball pressure and, again, to get some steals that they can convert into fast break points. Trevion Graham has been a big part of that. He's a guy that's not afraid to get up into your shirt and to to, to take a couple of those fouls. I mean, he's, uh, aver- he's, he's fouling a little bit more than the rest of the team, but that's kind of what you want. You want him to be aggressive, yeah. and he's not going to play – you know, he's not going to play 20 plus minutes so he can afford to soak up you know three or four fouls if it's in the service of creating some steals creating some some transition opportunities for that second unit and he's also creating offense of his own last seven games he's averaging 57 percent from beyond the arc he has been a serious corner three threat for this basketball team and he's making over a three a game so it's not as if you know he's not shooting very many he's shooting enough. And uh, he's doing very well. What have they been begging for? You know, that's what they've been begging for. Three and D guy. And D. Three, but also D. D, D. but also three. Three, yeah. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Here on Basketball Reference, one of my favorite things is the nicknames they have listed for people. Mm -hmm. Take a guess at what Zach Collins' nickname is. Uh, The the Big Cricket. How am I supposed to compete with the big cricket? (laughs) Doesn't make sense. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. I talked with Steve Bob yesterday, and he confirmed that he will return to the show at some point. Oh? I said, listen, people want Steve Bob. I, I mean, regardless of what I want, people, the people want Steve Bob. And he said, all right, I'll come back on the show. He's working on something. <laughs> He's like an artist. That's the thing. We're dealing with an art. You and I, we're yes. grinders, man. We're, 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 we're just workers. Nose to the grindstone. Get on here every day. He's an artist, and, and he's got to like have something brilliant before he can sit down and, and get in front of a microphone. So he's working on something. Uh, here's Absolutely. what we're working on. Trade rumors. Trying to figure out this trade rumors or so. Has let me start with this question before we get into any kind of rumors that may involve the Charlotte Hornets or players that the Charlotte Hornets could look at in the trade market. Has anyone in the history of NBA punditry correctly guessed a an NBA trade? Correctly predicted a, an impending NBA trade? I would venture I mean, I- no. No? That's it's a lot of rumors out there. It's though. like the lottery. I feel like there's maybe well, one somebody wins the lottery. There's like well, that's what I'm saying. I think there's like okay. one guy in uh Bone Dipple, Arkansas, WTVX sports guy right. who correctly predicted the Paul George deal. But that's it. And no one will ever know about it. I'm trying to think of a big trade that we saw People don't, from because, a long way. Because what I think is going on here is we always approach this kind of talk with what we think the teams want or the teams need. And there's so many other factors that that these general managers are, are factoring into their decisions. And, and they're playing like, and often I feel like they're overthinking it. They're playing like four. They're trying to play four-dimensional chess, and we're just going. No, listen. You just you need shooting. Just go get shooting. 
And they're like, no, 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 we got to think, like, what happens, like, three years from now when that contract – no, 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 listen, don't worry about that. Go get shooting. Yeah, I mean, just personally, I remember correctly predicting the Dwight Howard for Miles Plumlee <laughs> trade over the offseason, but that's just me. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. Um, <sighs> trying to think off the top of my head. Now, anyway, no, one's, no one has done this, but, but you wanted to talk about this because you saw – the the article by Woj and the DeAndre trade rumors and why does this matter to Hornets yeah. fans? Well, it was just interesting to me. Uh, trade deadline, Doug, February eighth, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So there you go. Put that in your uh, in your notebook. So a little under a month away. It's early yeah, this yeah. year, right? It's before the. Sure. It's before the. Well, it's before the All Star. The, the important thing is before the All Star weekend because the NBA did not want to have another Demarcus Cousins situation yeah. where you have an all-star a, traded and having to answer questions on after the all-star <laughs> in, yeah exactly nba fun time the all-star so, locker it's supposed to be a celebration and he's got to answer these tough questions so it's before the all-star break this year yeah it's about a week before the all-star break all-star is uh, february 16th through 18th but um yeah so well just to tell you how important the trade deadline actual date i couldn't find that in any of these trade uh, deadline articles <laughs> so, so, so no we're not really the only cares. ones we're not the only no one really what i'm saying um, yeah, so DeAndre Jordan's been tossed out there in a couple of rumors, one to the Cavs, mm-hmm. which kind of caught my eye because of what they were specifically looking for, which was defense and rebounding. Now, there is a player in Charlotte that specializes in those two areas. He is also playing the center position, and he also carries a hefty price tag, Doug, and that's Dwight Howard. As much as we've praised Dwight Howard this year, that just kind of that kind of piqued my interest because he fits the same type of of a void they're looking for, but I still think he's a, a different he's a different animal than DeAndre just in some of his needs, his wants and needs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, offensively, Dwight Howard yeah. is going to look for a lot more in terms of his role within the offense than DeAndre right. Jordan will. DeAndre Jordan is perfectly, right. well, I don't know, I mean, maybe, but he's seemingly satisfied. With yeah. with getting a few lobs a game and then doing the rest of the the rest of his work, uh, dirty defense and rebounding. So Dwight Howard, you, that's what I've been saying all along. It's not it's not even the twenty three million dollars that he's owed next year that to me is the big stumbling block in trading Dwight Howard. It's the fact that there's so much that's involved in integrating him within your scheme that I feel like it would be difficult for a team like Cleveland to make that kind of maneuver. Uh, And also, there was so much talk about Dwight Howard reuniting with Steve Clifford and that being like the the, the last coach that could try to get the best out of Dwight Howard. And so, you know, it's just, it's like now Dwight Howard is in a special use case. And so it's difficult to trade that kind of piece. But I see see your line of thinking. But let me challenge you with this, though. If they did move Dwight Howard, wouldn't that signal to you a a look to the future that to me that would signal like okay sure. we're giving up on the playoffs at this point yeah i just don't know i mean cuz you've talked about his efficiency and as good as he's been like it hasn't led directly to you know wins on wins on wins right like, that's why they're in this hole yeah but you're evacuating you have, talent because they sure, wouldn't they wouldn't if, be getting you, any talent back if you have Cody Zeller coming back at some point right you kind of just fall back into what you did last year. I'm, I'm not saying. Um, 
I'm not. And listen, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying yeah. that's well, that the, would be well, the if they did that, that would be the situation. There's, I, I think there's another team right that's looking for. Well, yeah, the Bucks also have have expressed interest. But what really piqued my interest on that uh, Cavs trade is they own the Brooklyn pick, right? Which is, I'm assuming, is a lottery pick. It's going to be a lottery pick, not as good as it may have been. But that's the type of thing that the Hornets should be looking to get back because you're unloading a salary. Now, DeAndre has a player option. I think it's 21 million. So it's right up there near Dwight. Um, and I obviously haven't matched these numbers up perfectly, but now, um, you know, is that, is that Brooklyn, pick, Brooklyn pick? Is that Brooklyn pick part of the, the Celtics? Yes. Bro- yes. That would be if, if the Hornets actually did end up with that pick, David, it would be right. the, the ultimate of ironies. Because, because it was a <laughs> it was a series of Brooklyn and Boston picks that were that were reportedly offered for Frank for the pick that that the turned spot. into Frank Kaminsky. But if right. they they ended up with it all of these years later, and after all of this reporting that's that's been done, and whatever people believe or not believe, it would be like a Seinfeld episode. It would be like a a it's always sunny episode where everything would tie back at the end, and you would get this ultimate ironic ending. The Hornets ended up with that Brooklyn pick, but it's because of that Brooklyn uh, uh, Boston trade, apparently, that teams are so reluctant to give up their picks. They don't want to be the team yeah. that gave up a bunch of picks for a Dwight Howard or a Kimball Walker, for that matter. That's why I caution people that say, "Oh yeah, you should move Kimball Walker. You're going to get you know multiple picks. You get some young talent." I don't. I don't know. I, I think teams are. I think this trade market is going to be a lot tighter. Especially because you have so many teams now that went and like spent so much money in that crazy period where the, up picks. Yeah, where, the, where the cap went up. So it's a weird situation. But you bring up Milwaukee, you bring up Cleveland, that's two teams looking for the same type of player. Only if DeAndre moves at all, only one of those teams will probably get him. That's that's well, that's how it works. <laughs> they can't share him. Oh, God. Unless they got really You're getting really late into the show now. Um, but one team is going to be a bridesmaid. So you could possibly, if maybe if Cleveland ends up getting DeAndre and you've got Milwaukee there burnt, scorn, looking for, looking for, it's like the wedding night, the bridesmaid looking for some companionship. You may be able to, you know, get some, make a steal. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned giving up on the season. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's still going to take a Herculean effort for this team to get back into the playoffs, right? Like it's not out of the question, but we mentioned Miami on the show yesterday, just the hot streak they went on in the second half of the season last year, and they didn't make it now. Two different seasons and all that, but the Hornets have dug themselves such a hole that if there was an opportunity to pick up a high draft pick whilst unloading, um, you know, Dwight Howard level contract, they have to kind of at least offer that out there. I think just, just based on where they are, like, We've loved Dwight. Um, we've also highlighted some of the issues and the problems with having him, him in there. Uh, but on the whole, he's he's been a good addition. His attitude's been good. He's been a good teammate. You know, things have gone well outside of just trying to get wins. But that gives you another asset. That gives you another pick, which is really where the Hornets need to be looking if they're going to get younger, if they're going to get more yeah. athletic players in here. So that's really the reason. It's all about that pick. All right. Well, let's let's roll let's roll this back a little bit. Okay. So, uh, what? Okay. If if the Hornets are are you know look to rebuild, say they, I don't know, they lose six or seven in a row 
it looks like the season is all but lost. We get to the we, we get to February sixth, seventh, and it's like okay, you know, now we we try to trade some assets to clear money off the books for next season, and you know, pick up as many draft slash young talent assets that we can to look towards the future. Yep. So that's one obvious route that's not very interesting to talk about. But if they do take advantage of some of this this week scheduling that they've got coming up, the Dallas's and the Utah's and the the Detroit's not playing very well either despite them being a a playoff team right now. They've got their own issues. So they've got some opportunities to pick up some wins over the next couple of weeks if they do that and suddenly they can get themselves back into the playoff conversation then what not even players, but what would they be looking for, David? In my mind, it's like shooting, but mm-hmm. also two-way play. Like I don't think That's, they can afford to go yeah. out and get a shooter that can't play defense. Or I mean, you're, maybe you're not. Always, you're, you're saying, okay, go just well, anyone who can shoot a three-point shot. I'm saying they can always afford to add more shooting at this point, but clearly the player that they need to be looking to add for the next couple moves and the previous couple of moves, to be honest, is those three and D type players, those guys that can guard multiple positions and get out and hit an open shot. So yeah, that, that's that's their number one need. I mean, or a backup, maybe maker. maybe look to address the oh, backup God. point yeah, guard man. position yeah, if they course. can do because that's a move I think that they could pull off. That would be a subtle move that wouldn't require seismic, you know, tectonic shifts in or or even that would require further, you know, future. Cash. I mean, I think there there are assets out there. Now, yeah. the one the one huge piece that's sitting out there is also on the Los Angeles Clippers, and it's Lou Williams, the guy that torched the Hornets for forty points, mm-hmm. a guy that has been associated with this franchise before in in trade rumors, a guy that's on an expiring contract, seven million dollars, a name attached to the Hornets before, so. If they were able, let me ask you this, David. If they were able to acquire a, let's let's go into dreamland, okay? Let's go let's go complete fantasy, complete speculation. All right, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready to take a, a magic carpet ride with me? Absolutely. If they were able to acquire a late first rounder for Dwight Howard in that Cleveland Milwaukee type of of scenario, right? Say they say Cleveland gets DeAndre and. Uh, and Milwaukee's really looking to acquire defense and rebounding, and they say, okay, we're going to give you a late first for Dwight and whatever salary matching makes sense. And you, how fast do you hit accept on a trade for Jeremy Lamb plus that late first-round pick for Lou Williams? Or do you – So or, that's, that's the trade? Yeah, Lamb. whatever pick you get back – Plus, oh, not your I own see. pick. Not your own pick. Gotcha. You're swapping out that pick, right? And you're swapping Lamb straight up salary for Lou Williams. You now get the ball handling. You can run the offense completely through him. He's shooting yep. over uh, over forty percent from three. I think you got to do that, right? I think you have to do that. <laughs> now, now I mean, here's now. Let's step out of fantasy land and say, do you trade your own first round pick? I don't think they can do that again. I mean, unless they're getting something back. We talked about this yesterday. Unless they're getting something back that's going to be or that you know is going to be here that's a significant impact player, they, they can't afford to give up any more of these picks or miss on them, quite frankly, but they've got to have some. They, see, then you would take, again, because right now they have a sixth man of the year that is fused together in Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky. But then you would be you would be acquiring someone who can legitimately score twenty points a night for you off of the bench. 
and you can play him with Kimball Walker, and he can run the second unit, and, 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 and. And he's going to get steals for you. He's going to help that transition offense. All of those things are, are benefits to, to Lou Williams. That's the, to me, that's, yeah. like the, that's the dream. But he's always – see, guys like him and Clarkson – and Clarkson's out of the picture, by the way. Clarkson's got too much money. Like They add Clarkson, oh, my God. Like you're, you're seriously locking yourself up again for another few years. Can't do Without- that. Yeah, if I'm the Hornets, I'm sure they're doing this, is I'm looking for younger guys, and I'm sure a lot of teams are doing this, looking for younger guys who may have been soured on for some reason but are still young enough where they can take another turn in their career, right? Like a Randall or some of those pieces out in L.A. Um, just for smaller moves. I just don't know where you're going to find that and what the Hornets have up to offer someone who wants to give up on the potential You of want the Hornets player, to be a small baller, not a big baller. <laughs> you want Don't even... <laughs> Don't email, oh don't email Big Baller with your customer yeah. service complaints. That's the type of moves that I would be <laughs> in line for, sure. Small baller moves. Trademark. My that. favorite part of the show. Let's go the other way. My Small favorite baller. part of the show is when I reference something and you completely ignore the reference and continue. That's a, it's a smart move. I'm commending you for the move. I you got don't it. engage me in my ridiculousness, but <laughs> it is my favorite part of the show. Okay. Uh, this has been a fun one. I like this show. I like the fact that I have Agua in Mikasa. I I love the fact that the the listeners have stuck with us, even though we're we're uh, haven't been doing live shows for a while. Uh, if you get that notification tomorrow that we are doing a live show, hop on with us, rejoin the nest. Let's talk about basketball. Let's talk about Golden Globes. Let's talk about whatever you want to talk about because uh, you can you can basically form the show on the chat. Uh, so hopefully hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, If not, we'll be back on this podcast feed talking about this Dallas game coming up. All of a sudden, a pivotal game for the Hornets as uh, they look to continue their winning ways now that they're back at home. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets, and you can always send your questions to Twitter or on email, buzzbuzz. LockedOnHornets.com. For David, I'm Doug saying, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm. Sharp. Sharp.